0: Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am uber excited today. I have an incredible guest. Her name is Erica Andreessen, and she is with a company called EAAS Consulting, which I believe stands for Erica as a Service. Is that correct?
1: It sure is, Brian.
0: Okay. And we are going to be talking today about business continuity. And I think you're going to learn a lot about why businesses need to do this. But the first question is, Erica, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Brian?
0: I'm awesome. Uh, Beautiful day, sunshine, birds are chirping, all that kind of fun stuff. It's not spring yet, but... uh, it is beautiful outside but we're not here to talk about the weather although i think you might even bring that up really what we want to know is your origin story so how did you go from being an army lawyer i think they call him a jag i have no idea what jag stands for to helping small business owners and mid-sized business owners avoid murphy's law
1: well first uh, thank you for having me and i just want to say. JAG stands for Judge Advocate General. And I actually started in corporate law, and I hated doing that. So I went and joined the Army after helping some veterans and feeling good about myself doing that. So I joined the Army, did that full time for about a decade. And in 2016, when I was deployed, we do risk management on a high level every day, where it wasn't just most likely and least likely, it was also most deadly course of action, deadly to us, because it was a real risk that we had. And in every day in the military, we're doing continuity of operations because we're a 24-7 operation internationally that if one part goes down or fails, then the mission fails. And I was reading an article um, from a business review about businesses that suffered through Superstorm Sandy. And they were all asked the same series of questions. And the final question being, so what are you doing for next time? And almost all of them said, oh, this isn't going to happen again. And I was like, "Wow, you guys are so wrong, and you need to pay me to tell you how to not be wrong." <laughs> and it, so from there, that I had that's the birth of the idea. And then I was still active. I decided to get out in January twenty twenty, which meant I had a six month lead. I had to drop my paperwork in January twenty twenty, and um, of course, there was a pandemic. And I was like, "Dang it, I'm I'm behind the eight ball here. I'm late to the party. Everybody's doing this now." And my friend reminded me, he's like, "Erica." You are your product, your experience, your knowledge. The way you present information is your product, and I want. Oh, and that's where Erica as a service came into play.
0: Totally makes sense. And uh, gee, the pandemic was not. You know, there was no business continuity needed then. I'm sure, nope. right? <laughs> nope. So, for those who don't know what it is, including myself, I kind of have an idea. Define what business continuity means or is to a small or mid-sized business.
1: At the end of the day, business continuity is the kick in the bank account that you did not plan on and are not ready for. And one of the, I like to make this analogy that makes it sound simple because I think business continuity is easy and it should, and it can be if you really understand what you're doing. So think about it this way, every single morning when you wake up and you have a goal of, maybe going for a walk. What is the first thing you do? It's checking your weather app. Mm-hmm. You're, you're figuring out, okay, is it going to rain this afternoon or this morning? So if it is, it's going to alter the time I'm going for a run. Is it going to be 20 degrees out or is it going to be 70 degrees out? That's going to impact on what you wear. And what I like to say for business continuity is I help you achieve your goal with the least amount of discomfort possible. I cannot promise that you'll be comfortable. I can promise you'll be less let, don't less discomfort if you've never done anything. So it is making sure that you achieve your goal, keep your business alive and thriving as you go through some struggles.
0: So the bottom line is, is most businesses think they got it together, right? Get it together, get it together. Yeah. Um, that would be the perceived problem that they think that they have what they need to overcome obstacles, you know, like supply chain issues or, or those kind of things, right? Is, is Kind of talk about that a little bit.
1: Sure. Um, w- where most people will think that when they're looking at the failure rates of businesses, new businesses, not necessarily large or small or medium sized, like any new business, that the failure rate from the Bureau of Labor Statistics is pretty high within the first five to 10 years. And they think, oh, if I get my marketing dialed in, I got it. Oh, if I get my project management in place I'm good if i get my sales and good and if i have sops i'm set but that's a lot of just mitigating risk and it's not eradicating risk and business continuity picks up where those parts fail because you can never get your risk down to
0: 0% so then the real problem would be what that you know people don't understand what to do or how to do it or why to do it
1: so my definite targeted market their problem is they don't know about business continuity it's not that they know about and they decided not to do it big companies are doing this international corporations do this banking institutions higher education institutions hospitals do it the federal government does it the other area of mid and small size businesses don't do because they don't know that is there's no barrier to entry there's no club you need to join. There's no amount of money you need to be making in revenue. Any business of any size can be doing this. And this is truly a lifeline that people just don't know about. And if they knew, they would be doing it.
0: So, you know, the perceived thing that I see is... You know, from a marketing perspective, people say, Well, I don't want to throw money at marketing. I'm just gonna throw money into sales, or I'm gonna throw money into advertising, or you know, I'm gonna they they think they've got it together, but I, I think the big question that I would want a business to answer is why do they need business continuity? What's the why behind it? My
1: purpose for doing this, um And everybody who starts a business has a purpose. You're not just doing it because you feel like it. There's something you actually want to achieve. And a lot of that is providing some kind of service to the community, depending on what your community is, depending on your target, depending on if it's a product or an actual service that you're providing. And in order for everybody to have, and I believe they deserve a well-lived, happy life, there's part of this cycle. It is a business owner has a dream. They make their dream come alive of serving the community with this service. The community then is enhanced by having the service. And then you have employees who are able to make money to both pay for necessities like rent and food, but also pay for things that enhance their lives, which is services from other businesses, keeping those dreams alive and those employees employed from that other service. So there is this moral imperative basically to make sure that if you're going to step up the plate and be a business owner you're going to enhance the community keep on doing that especially if it's within your power and a lot of the stuff is within your power
0: right when you run a business you have employees i mean that's right there and then if you can't produce product if you can't provide service there gets to be a point where you can't pay employees you can't pay bills i mean it, it affects a lot of different people right mm-hmm so then we've established you know what the perceived problem is the real problem i think the why is the solution why you need a business continuity program so what are the steps that have to be taken in order to create that plan
1: uh, the first thing is you you have to do a real come to jesus moment looking at your business and determining if the, the baby's ugly so to speak where you look at your processes and procedures You figure out with the risk analysis, are you at risk of anything? Is anything a threat in your vulnerability state? And then you will also look at what you currently have and bolster it. If you have some kind of control measures, if anything is a single point of failure. And a control measure can be a backup generator. It can be a um, a fire extinguisher, something simple like that. You make sure you have all these things in place. Once you shore up all your processes and procedures to the best way possible, Then you figure out, well, if these still fail, if everything else fails, how are we going to continue? And that's where you go to business impact analysis. The business impact analysis figures out what are your most important and primary operations. Because sometimes you may think something is the most important thing that you do or one of the top three, when it's really not. And part of that analysis is you're going through figuring out how much time you need to recover this process and your operations in order... For you to, to actually still have a business at the end of the day. And that can be as many as five hours. If you're down, you're still okay before you no longer have a business, or it can be as short as one minute. If you're a banking institution with you know millions of transactions every day across the, the planet, then a couple of seconds is gonna really, really hurt you in, in the bank account. So you figure out which ones are are the most important ones based on this time objective. And then you will pour more of your resources into shoring up that one to to just to make sure that you're able to continue through a disaster or disruption. I do want to make a distinction between disasters and disruptions. Most people will think this is just for natural disasters or a cyber incident. And these are things that you do have to prepare for. But also something as simple as if you're a small business with a, a real, really important leader who happens to die, then Does your company that you work for change inherently as a result? Is there any way for it to succeed? And is also the emotional impact on your employees? How is that going to be dealt with?
0: And then what are the steps to actually implement this? I mean, now that you defined everything, what do you have to do to have it? You know, basically it's a plan, but you have to have it actionable. It's like, and and it's funny, I heard, this one interview on the radio about a teacher in a community college and there was a threat, right? A gun threat or something like that. Mm. And she walked into the room and it, it, luckily it was a you know false alarm, but she walked in and realized I have no idea how to lock down the doors in this room, right? So what what kind of steps like that do you need to take to make sure that plan is in place and actually works?
1: So that is a very important question i'm glad you asked it brian because it's one thing to have a business continuity plan and congratulations you have a paperweight if that's all it is if you don't train it you don't exercise it to see how it works and if it works at all and you need to be doing this training and exercise because you don't want it to just be a plan you want it to be a playbook you want people to have some kind of agency in deciding you know, what it is that they're going to be able to do in the situation. It's like, okay, step one, step two, step oh Step three is different than what is actually happening. I'm stuck. I can't go forward. That doesn't help anybody. It's only through training. You get people used to the idea of building muscle memory to responding to these events. And then you also get a familiarity. So you can do the things you need to do when the shit hits the fan. And once you do the exercises, you also figure out, okay, this could have been done better we this doesn't work at all so let's change this and these are supposed to be living documents that you go back to and adjust anytime you have a major change and it's not just if you have a new leader or you get a new piece of machinery or if you expand or if you contract any of these things can cause you to have to create a new plan and test what you already have and see if it still works
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so it sounds like something that you should be revisiting annually maybe twice a year quarterly something like that right yeah
1: again it depends on what you define as a major event like i said it could be an even new um new president in office because if your business relies a lot on regulations guess what happens every time there's a transition of power from one party to the other they undo what the previous one did mm-hmm. or they fix what they think should have been fixed all along so um, that actually winds up impacting a lot of businesses as well. So regulatory compliance is another part of business continuity.
0: Right. Totally makes sense. Okay. So let's kind of pull this full circle and give us some real life examples of business continuity and how it helps somebody actually either maintain or keep or grow their business.
1: Okay. Um I can, I'll, I'll go big and then go down into smaller ones because I want people to realize, again, you don't have to be big to do this. You can do this at any point in any size. Mm-hmm. So uh, a big example, when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, there is, there are actually quite a few pharmaceutical companies that are headquartered or have massive manufacturing um, warehouses there. One of them who had a very good continuity plan had something called the safety supply stock located on the contiguous United States, and they were able to be down for four days versus one month for all the other um, pharmaceutical companies on the island who did not have that aspect of a continuity plan. Now you're like, okay, a big pharmaceutical company needs something like a safety supply stock. Well, I can also scale business continuity. So we have a, a solopreneur who is a cupcakery owner out of her home and. I was talking to her about business continuity. She said, well, uh, it's great to learn about it, but there's nothing I can do until I grow. And I said, hold my beer. I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions. And I started having her explain to me like a five-year-old what exactly is involved in making cupcakes and what makes her business run to include gas and electric and flour and sugar. And some of the things I asked her about was, I was like, okay, so we've determined you don't have a second place to, to bake at if it's not in your home or neighborhood, it's somewhere else. You don't have a secondary supplier of flour. So if that's one supplier you chose to rely on, can't give it to you, then you're, you're kind of stuck. Okay. Now let's talk about icing. Do you have a safety supply stock? She's like, what do you mean? I said, how far in advance can you, can you make buttercream icing? She goes, well, room temp, it could be a week. If it's refrigerated, it's more like a month. And if it is frozen it's six months, I said, okay, great. So never mind not having power from a beater. What if your daughter has to go to the ER and you have an order due? Are you going to put the order in front of your daughter or what? But the thing is, having a safety supply stock of buttercream icing allows you to not have to make that decision. So she implemented a lot of things we talked about, and when we when I followed up weeks later, she said, "You know, I didn't think I could do business continuity until I grew, and then I realized I can't grow until I do business continuity. I now have a level of security that I didn't know that I needed, and I'm so grateful for to have. And then even smaller for an Etsy shop owner. Um, She read my book and told me, she like uh, reached out to me and mentioned her shop makes things with crystals. And it's really important to her and her business that her crystals are ethically sourced and real. So two things that she needed. She had one supplier out of Texas and they have to be located in a very hurricane and flood prone area. And she's like, you know, I thought I was pretty proactive and I didn't realize I wasn't until I read this book because I had to go out and research secondary and tertiary suppliers in case one my primary one in Texas can't provide for me anymore. So if they go down, I don't go down. I can seamlessly continue now because I have my backups ready.
0: Those are all great examples. And I think that really kind of puts it in perspective that this is something everybody should be thinking about. And, and it's worth exploring more. So I'm assuming that based on this interview, they're going to want to learn more about you and your book. So how do they do that?
1: Well, um, the easiest thing to learn more about me and my book is go to my website, which is www.easc.com. Make sure you get that C. It's for consulting. Um, in there, you, there's a link to the book. That you can find more about me and other things I offer. You can also find me on LinkedIn at erica um If you do want to link up with me on LinkedIn, I do ask you send a message with a connection request. I, I kind of like that better. And if you want to just, you know, learn more about business continuity in a way that makes sense and is really digestible, get my book. It's available on Amazon. It's called How to Not Kill Your Business, Grow Your Business in Any Environment, Navigate Volatility, and Successfully Recover When Things Go Wrong. And I wrote it in a very conversational tone. It is pretty much the way I speak. And um, I know you're a music fan, so mm-hmm. I just let you know my book has a music theme. So every chapter except the intro chapter is a song, and there are lyrics that are forecasting the theme of the chapter. So I have Rolling Stones, David Bowie, Wu-Tang Clan, Foo Fighters, Nine Inch Nails, Earth, Wind & Fire, um, Stereo MCs, and Snap as the
0: bands oh you too as well yeah awesome (laughs) of course that hits right where i work anyways (laughs) erica this has been awesome it's been a pleasure getting to know you thanks for coming on and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps i so appreciate you and i look forward to uh hearing about you and and maybe interviewing you again in the future thank you brian